Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. You're listening to Blue Jays Nation Radio with Cam Lewis and Tyler Uremchuk, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Welcome into episode 193 of Blue Jays Nation Radio. Uremchuk and Coombsy with you. And as always, it is brought to you by Botano. The game starts now at botano.ca. Maybe you want to get in a little early World Series Blue Jays bet before I don't know. They make a trade none of us see coming and their odds shoot up. I don't know if that's going to happen. But if you believe it, you can bet it at Patano.ca. Coombsy, how are you enjoying the winter so far? Based on what the Jays have done, I'm going to say not enjoying it all that much. It hasn't been a it hasn't been an exciting winter. It hasn't been a sexy winter. It's been it's it's kind of felt like we are continually getting swept by the Minnesota Twins over and over and over again this offseason. It, it does feel like a continuation of largely what the 2023 year was. And I guess the calendar flipping to 2024 hasn't really shifted the vibes as Ross Atkins speaking to the media here today on January 3rd, I don't think has people too excited. There's, there's, there's two signings they've made two low key ones. We've, we've talked about, Oh, if they miss out on Shoei Otani, then they can go and sign a really good pitcher and a really good hitter and get Shoei Otani. And the two players they've signed thus far aren't, aren't, aren't really close to Shoei Otani. So We'll try and find some positives and try and keep the vibes good. But to be honest, right now, it, it, it's kind of eh. eh. It is pretty eh. So, uh, yeah, Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year to everybody uh, tuning into the show. We have a Ross Atkins presser that we will break down some very interesting quotes. We're going to go through some of the other signings around baseball. But first, let's talk about the two moves that the Jays made. Kevin Kiermeyer back in the mix on another one-year deal with the Toronto Blue Jays. And... This one was actually pretty surprising because remember last year we had heard some things from Kiermaier about, you know, maybe wanting to play when they were in New York. He had some weird quotes about how much he liked that they're staying in the AL East. I assumed that with his age injuries, all of that, he would want to get out of the turf at the Rogers Center, considering his primary what he brings to the table mainly is defense. Right. So extending his career, not risking injury, playing center field every day on the turf, I thought, okay, he's probably good as gone. The Jays are going to have to replace it. I was surprised. Were you? I was too. And I think, I mean, it's not so much that I'm surprised that Kiermaier came back because I think he was a really good blue Jay and it seemed like he liked yeah. it here. And the, yeah, the New York thing uh, that, that was really weird. It, it, it kind of seemed like the way he was talking was, Hey, I really enjoyed my one year in Toronto. Blue Jays fans were like, yeah, you were great. Kind of like with Brandon belt to Jordan Hicks. It, it, it really did feel like a lot of these free agents were gone and they weren't going to come back. And I think really the only one we talked about coming back 
with much energy was Matt Chapman. And then here's Kiermaier coming back. But what I found surprising about this is based on his year last year, you know, according to baseball reference, I have it open. He was worth 3.9 wins, gold glove, of course, 700 OPS or 741 OPS. My bad, just totally misread that. Uh, It was his best season that he's had in quite some time and a healthy one at that. And I I, I thought that good season would result in him getting maybe a one-year deal with an option or like a two-year deal or a decent pay raise. But it was only like a one, one point five million dollar pay raise over the one year nine million deal he signed last year so i kind of wonder if the market just wasn't there for a player that teams are skeptical this guy's gonna get hurt and maybe that's the situation with the blue jays is i know a lot of people are like why are you signing kiermeyer to play defense in center field when you you know spend out the nose to acquire Dalton Varshow to, I guess, be an excellent defensive outfielder. And and Varshow's values now is going to collapse a little bit because he's going to be in left rather than center. But maybe the assumption is Kiermaier can only play 80 games in center field. And that's why teams weren't willing to risk two years or an option year, that kind of thing. And it's, it's, it is a puzzling one. It's, it's, I'm not mad that Kevin Kiermaier is back, but I'm just, it's not what I expected to see. I'm not complaining, but it, it, it was surprising. It was a bit of a blindside. Yeah, and I I do like it. I think, again, getting that good defensive center fielder back, even if he can't play every game for you, $10.5 million. It's not like you broke the bank to bring this guy in. One-year deal, so no amount of risk going long-term. I was also surprised to see the Blue Jays refer to him as the outlaw in their post-announcing the signing. I don't think anyone had ever called him that in his one year with the Jays, so that was also weird. Um, but this is totally fine. You run back the same outfield, and... I know, again, because of the way the season ended, a lot of people wanted sweeping changes, but I'll I'll use a quote that I hit you with last offseason. Don't throw the baby out with the bathwater, Coombsy. The outfield was good. Like it led the league in defensive runs saved. That's an area where you could run it back to an extent, I think. Yeah, no, I think you're right. And I mean, the reaction is like, the reaction is going to be the reaction. People follow along with the off season and by and large, people like to overreact in the moment. Like we, we, we shouldn't look in January 3rd at what the opening day roster looks like and be like, this is the team. It's going to suck. There's, there's still plenty of time. And I mean, look, I might get burned saying that maybe they only add one more guy and it's very, very disappointing. It's entirely possible. But like you said, at the end of the day, if there's one thing or probably two things about this blue Jays team to run back and make the same as last year, it's the pitching and it's the defense and the pitching is not going to be as good in 2024 as it was in 2023 if they go ahead and allow the defense to get considerably worse if they allow a bunch of glove first players to go out and they replace them with that first players and they have a lineup you know uh, similar to what they had before where guys were terrible in the outfield and it's going to make their pitching worse and then you've got a whole brand new problem so i mean ikf and kiermeyer not exciting but at the end of the day the jays have leaned into this run prevention thing it's a big part of how the team was built. It's a big part of how the pitching staff were built. There, there are a lot of pitch to contact guys who need good outfielders and good, you know, defenders and all around the field. And if they deviate from that, then we might see a team next year that can't hit and a team that can't prevent runs. And that's not going to be good. So if, 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 if they, they, they can't fully deviate away from the run prevention thing, but they do need to find bats to augment this lineup, but they, they do have to stick with their plan to an extent. Yeah, we'll talk about some of the bats still on the market, but you uh, you touched on it right there. Isaiah Kiner-Falefa was the second signing the Blue Jays made, and he was a bit of a meme early on in the offseason. That was like, hey, when we're all getting excited about uh, Shohei Otani, it's like, I hope you're prepared for the eventual Isaiah Kiner-Falefa deal. And it's like, ah, son of a bitch. Uh, so he comes in. It's a two-year deal worth $15 million. And this one is 
in the moment, it was more puzzling to me than the Kiermaier one, just because when you look at the Blue Jays roster and you compare it to what Kiner Falefa brings, he can play a little bit of outfield. He can play basically every position on the diamond with the exception of first base and catcher. But then you look and it's like, okay, it's second base. The Jays have Biggio and Espinal at third base. Biggio, Espinal, where does Davis Schneider fit into that mix as well? Because he can play outfield. He can play infield. Obviously, they have Bobachette at shortstop. Like, it just feels like they went and got another version of a piece that they have two or three times over on the roster. This guy who can play everywhere. And I know his glove is better than Biggio, better than Espinal and all of that. And maybe they just view him as the Whit Merrifield replacement. But when you combine what they already have on the roster and all those pieces I rattle off and the names that they have in their system right now, or Elvis Martinez, Addison Barger, guys that are infielders, I look at this and kind of go, why did you need to give him a second year? Why at this point in free agency, why were they maybe not aiming a little bit higher with this ad? This one, the player, the type of player, what he brings to the table, and then also the fact there's a second year on this deal was confusing to me. Yeah, this this was the more surprising addition, the more blindsiding. I use that to describe the Kiermaier one. I don't think that's actually accurate. This was the more kind of shocking one, especially like you said, the second second year of term. But it was described after that apparently IKF had quite the market in free agency, despite the fact last year it was, I mean, really since he was traded from the Texas Rangers to the New York Yankees, the offensive numbers haven't been great at all. They weren't really great in Texas either, but it was this was a player that you thought might hit better going to New York, but it just didn't really happen. Ultimately it's a glove first edition. He has played. Uh, I'm just looking at his baseball reference. He's played every position on the field, except for first base. He has actually caught as recently as 2019. He caught 280 innings, which I was not aware that he, he, he had the ability to be a catcher. So that's an interesting one. I, I think with the counter Falefa signing, how to respond to it comes down to whether He's the Whitmerryfield replacement or perhaps the upgrade on Espinal and Espinal gets traded, something like that. But if he's coming in to be the Matt Chapman replacement and he's going to see the most amount of innings at third base of any Blue Jay, then that's unfortunate that that's not really the kind of move that you think. All right. Like if we're going to at least be as good as we were in 2023, like the comment I made, they got to at least, you know, lean into the things that made them good last year and then try to improve those things. If they're going to replace Chapman with IKF, they're going to lose a lot offensively. I mean, we all got frustrated watching Chapman swing through 92 miles an hour in the middle of the zone, but at least he did connect for and is good for every season, pretty much more than 20 bombs, 20 doubles, that kind of thing. Not going to happen with IKF though. He's going to give you very good defense at a whole bunch of different positions, which is nice. So if this is your Whit Merrifield replacement, that's fine. But if, if, if this is your Matt Chapman replacement or is a big part of your Matt Chapman replacement, then it might work on one side of the ball, the defensive side, but there's no way he's going to bring anything close to what Matt Chapman brought, even in a down Matt Chapman year. So I'm a little skeptical of this one, but again, we got to look big picture. If they go and add two or three more big bats, then Hey, no one's complaining about the uh, glove first defenders they're adding, but I, I don't know what else is coming. I, I'm really not sure what happens next. Definitely feels like this is closing the door on Chapman though, right? Like if it is a big bat, feels like it's going to be someone to go first base DH with Vladdy or someone to be an outfielder slash DH, someone like a you know, Teoscar Hernandez or whatever. I can't see them going out and bringing back Matt Chapman now. 
Yeah, I have a, you'd think that it's 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 a weird situation because it's just basically Matt Chapman and Cody Bellinger, the two big names left. And it feels like there's three teams who are interested in signing either of them, not both of them, but one of the two. And it's the Blue Jays who had Chapman last year, of course, and the Cubs who had Bellinger last year, and then the Giants who need to make an upgrade because they've been largely stagnant for two years. And it's like, who's going to wind up with these players? And when is this game of chicken going to end? Like, it seems like the blue Jays kind of have an idea for what they'd like to bring Matt Chapman back on. That's kind of what we heard earlier in the off season. Scott Mitchell said, Chapman's looking for this. It was north of, I think it was around 150, the the Springer contract that he was looking for. I think it was, and the Jays were closer to a hundred million was what they were comfortable offering. So pretty big discrepancy. I imagine the same as the case with Bellinger. And I'm just not sure how long it, how long it stretches on for. And, and the more you listen to the shy Davides and the Nicholson Smiths. And even when you listen to Ross Atkins talk at his press conference, it almost seems like the Jays want to have a roster that they can be ready to blow up if things go poorly this year. And I wonder if they're trying to avoid a Chapman or a Bellinger contract that kind of is hard to perhaps next off season move away from if they want to go into a quick retool. Like they, they retooled things pretty quickly, I think after 2015, 16, 17. And I wouldn't be surprised if this, if we jump into another rebuild that this year goes poorly. So maybe that's what they're planning for. I honestly, hard to say. I mean, hey, we talked about that or you you made that point at the beginning of this offseason that like maybe you just look and go, the value is very high for Bobachet. The value would still be very high for Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Maybe you look at just a quick retool, blow it up, painful couple of years and try with a new core. I, I like the approach of at least giving them one more chance. But the concerning thing, and I think it lends to the point you made, is that they seem to be OK just sitting back and saying, hey. Let's give this group one more chance. And if this group doesn't figure it out with their one more chance, then we'll make some tough decisions. Uh, Atkins, let's dig into the Atkins press conference a little bit here. One of the quotes he said, we feel like last year was just a blip in terms of run scoring. So you go look at the stats and, and part of me understands why he'd think that. Can Vladimir Guerrero Jr. be a 30-plus home run guy? I believe so. He had 26 last year. Bo Bichette played in 135 games, had 20 bombs. There's probably upside for him to hit a few more home runs. I think Dalton Varsho is a guy you can look at and obviously go, there is room for improvement. Alejandro Kirk had some prolonged cold streaks last year. He could be better. But there are also some things that went well for the offense last year. Matt Chapman was looking like an MVP candidate through the first six weeks of the season or whatever. You're probably not getting that out of the gates from whoever you have at third base. Davis Schneider was the hottest hitter in baseball for three weeks. Who knows if you're going to get that again at any stretch next season. Kevin Kiermeyer had some really good plate appearances. One of his best, one of the best offensive seasons of Kevin Kiermeyer's career. And it comes in his thirties. I don't know if you can bank on that again. Like as much as you can sit there and say last year and some of the players who struggled, you know, it was a blip. There were also some positive blips throughout the season and that might just cancel each other out. Like, I don't know if it's the correct approach to look at this team. I should mention again, Brandon Belt had 19 bombs. You don't have him on the roster next year. That was an important left-handed bat for you. And he hit clutch home runs too. I don't know if you can look at this roster and say, they're magically just going to figure it out next year. Last year might not have been a blip. That might just be who these guys are. Yeah, it might not. I don't know. If you, it might not have been. And you put it all together because when you put it like that and, and you go back to what we were talking about a few minutes ago with the pitching and the defense is there were pitchers on the Blue Jays, a handful of them. And I mean, this isn't a perfect way to talk about pitchers in baseball. And there's much, much deeper and more significant stats to look at. And I'm just not that kind of person. But 
there's a lot of Blue Jays that that had ERAs that were <laughs> lower than their fielding independent pitching numbers. And the Blue Jays badly need their defense to be as good as it was last year. So their pitching can be as good as it was last year. I don't think it's just inherent that Chris Bassett, for example, fantastic last year. All those think about those complete games that he pitched in the middle of the season. So clutch. You say Kikuchi bounces back huge year. Um, Jose Barrios bounces back. Same thing, like you're pretty much your entire pitching staff is on the other side of 30. So it's just difficult to say exactly what to expect. But then again, like imagine having anything close to 2021 MVP runner up Vlad, anything close to silver slugger Alejandro Kirk and anything close on the pitching side. Someone we always forget uh, in this conversation is anything close to Cy Young finalist Alec Manoa as well. You know, anything close to that, even him just being a, you know, a 200 innings guy with a four ERA, something like that. It's just given the ups and downs of performances we've seen over the past few years with, you know, Vladdy nearly winning the MVP, Alec Manoa nearly winning the Cy Young, there's uh, Kikuchi Barrios up and down. It's, it's really difficult to know what you're getting from a given player in 2024. So we can sit here and talk about X, Y, and Z, but at the end of the day, like think back to what we were talking in January of 2023, we didn't predict how most of that season went. No one did. Like we didn't know who was going to be hot or cold. It's, it's, it's so hard to predict ball. And I guess, I don't know. You can take a glass half full approach and think that the things that worked last year are going to continue to work and trust your process. Um, I think really what you have to fix internally is their hitting approach and their strategy, trying to go all fields with hitters that maybe just can't do that. Try and pull the ball more. I think that's really what it comes down to. Like you, you, any free agent, you add whatever you do. If your coach, if your strategy inside that you're doing doesn't work with your players, your team's not going to be good. So they have to have a strategy in terms of their hitting that matches with the team they actually have and that really wasn't the case last year well that lends into another quote that atkins had he said i think the things we're missing aren't people the things we're missing were our ability to support and help the players and that also coincides with them elevating matt hag he was a hitting coach with their triple a club last season he's now an assistant hitting coach with the major league team so maybe there's some recognition there from the toronto blue jays that you know, their approach, like you said, was not good last year. They need to change and help these guys become better hitters. And maybe that'll happen. But again, like. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. 
So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. We, we also got a Kevin Biggio heater last year. I didn't mention that amongst the other things that went well. Like there was a point where that dude was hitting in the middle of the lineup and it was justified. Yep. So who knows if you get that again, right? So I don't know, as much as you can sit there, and maybe it's just a glass half full, glass half empty thing. And I'm feeling overly pessimistic about this team right now because it's January 3rd. And all we have to talk about is Kevin Kiermeyer and Isaiah Kiner-Falefa. But I, I just think it's really hard to be optimistic about this team right now. We'll see what changes. Um, we'll see how many changes we get because Atkins talked about that. And he said, you know, something along the lines of how many moves are left. It's not three. It's probably closer to one. So we're getting <laughs> one or potentially more signings here like i think if if you're holding your breath for them to go out and make a massive trade like they did last year year before getting matt chapman and bringing him into the mix i think if you're holding your breath for that you're going to be blue in the face right away because i don't think it's happening yeah so the quote the quote was we're only not going to go out and add three guys it'll probably be closer to one which is very weird atkins quote it kind of why not just come out and say we're you know, in the market for one maybe major edition? I don't know, whatever. Corporate speak, it is what it is. But anybody thinking, hey, look, the Jays are going to go and put together this exciting puzzle where there's six different editions and they're all pretty good and it just works. I, I don't think it's going to wind up being that. I, I do think if it is just one edition, though, it's probably going to be one of Chapman or Bellinger. I, I have a little bit of a feeling that still might be the case because even though this contradicts my other point about them potentially wanting to rebuild, we do have to remember that, you know, they, they just sunk all this money into renovating the stadiums. And we brought this up a million times with Otani. They're not selling five or 10 year premium ticket memberships with an escalating cost of 5% per year because the Jays added Kevin Kiermaier and IKF. Whereas at least if they go out and add maybe Bellinger, you have a handful of people with some shiny new toy syndrome and they get really excited about that. I don't know, but there's there's obviously nothing close to the Otani unicorn. Even even the Bellinger Chapman fallback nets aren't as exciting as the likes of, you know, Juan Soto or, or Yoshinobu Yamamoto that were out there earlier. So it's going to be hard to get people hyped about the season. But I, I don't think the Jays are in a bad spot. We're just we're just a little sour because of how things went last year. But there's still some reason for optimism. The team was fine last year. They were like we've said this before. <laughs> Times were worse back in the 2000s and, 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 and those periods where they were nowhere close. This is, you know, 10 years ago, we were getting excited about them signing fucking Miser Asturis. And that was like the biggest free agent ad they had made in um, an amount of time. So the fact that we're even talking about big name free agents, I still view as like somewhat of a positive. I'm, I, I'm, I'm looking for glass half full here. <laughs> and that's fair too. I, I did see a tweet and I believe it was Stoughton who, uh, who quote tweeted it with a little joke of like, don't show this to Blue Jays fans, but like the fan graphs projections still had them as like the seventh or eighth best team in baseball. Like I'm not sitting here so negative to the point that I don't think they're going to make the playoffs next year. I think they're a playoff team and maybe the Otani thing just threw off my expectations that much, but I was just hoping to have a winter where they go out and get us excited because the last two losses in the playoffs, Seattle and Minnesota have left me feeling so bitterly disappointed that I wanted something right. And last year, the Varsho trade, like that was a tough winter to go through from a fan perspective because you loved Guriel, you loved Teoscar Hernandez, but you kind of just gulped and said, okay, I believe that they're trying to make this a better and more complete ball team. The moves aren't sexy, but it could help them win a world series. Then it didn't. 
And this offseason, we're getting fed kind of the same thing that like, hey, you know, it's not sexy, but this could help us win a World Series. I'm just I'm having a tough time buying it unless they can go out and get something like a Cody Bellinger done. Then that's at least, you know, all right, they're throwing money at this thing. They're trying to get a player who maybe at the end of that contract, it won't work well, but they're focused on winning in the moment. I think it's maybe a long shot, though, that they end up landing Bellinger just because, again, Kiermaier's back in the mix and it feels like their everyday outfield spots are uh, are kind of full. So let me ask you this, Coombsy, if it's not Bellinger, the other names who I guess would fit the bill, you have Jorge Soler, Teoscar Hernandez, J.D. Martinez, Jock Peterson has been in the rumor mill. And if they decide to move away from the outfield thing and just add a first baseman D.H., Reese Hoskins, I guess, would still be in the mix there is outside of Bellinger. When I rattle off those five names, is there one that stands out as the best fit for you? It's probably Teoscar for me, just because I like him as a player. The other ones, I'm just, these are fine. Jorge Soler has had a lot of good seasons in his career. He hits bombs. The Jays badly need that. Jock Peterson's again, another one of those guys that's really been up and down throughout the course of his career. Some great seasons, some bad ones coming off of a mediocre one. But then again, he's hitting in San Francisco. It's not a great environment to be a hitter. So could be, you know, a Brandon Belt situation comes over to Toronto, does well. None of the names are particularly inspiring. It's nothing's going to get anybody super excited unless it's a reunion with Teoscar, I think would probably be the one that makes people the happiest just because he was a well-liked player when he was here. But circling back to what you said about the, the Jays not generating excitement, maybe this is the year that they come into spring training with terrible vibes. No one's excited about anything like, you, you know, every year there's always something like the 2022. We came in, it was after the lockout. They had signed, they had just traded for Chapman. You know, there was that great run they had the year before last off season. They made a whole bunch of big moves, different team, all these off seasons, they do something crazy and big and they get all this hype. Maybe this time is going to be the one where no one's excited at all. And they're the underdogs. Finally, the blue Jays come in and it's not like, Oh, they're this amazing young team. That's obviously automatically going to win the world series because they have Vladimir Guerrero jr. And Boba It's just inherent. And now maybe that they've been swept by the Minnesota twins and the Seattle Mariners in the playoffs and back to back years, they'll come in without much hype and realize, you know what, look, we've got to actually accomplish something. We can't just talk about being good. And maybe that'll be a different approach for the Blue Jays this year and they'll have a different result. I don't know. Um, like I said, I'm looking for reasons to feel positive about it. And there aren't that many. It looks like a team that's closer to rebuilding than one that's closer to winning the World Series. But I am actually genuinely interested in seeing how the Jays perform as more of an underdog. I wonder if that might fuel them to be better than just struggling with the pressure like they have in the past. And I mean, maybe there's even something mentally of, you know, Bobashev, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. These are guys who have, they kind of ripped through their baseball careers up to this point, right? When you're that talented and your name carries that kind of weight, you are always on the best teams because you are always the best player. You are almost always single-handedly capable of winning ball games for yourself. Even look at the way they came up in the minors winning that championship in New Hampshire, right? So maybe there's a little bit of, this is humbling. We've seen, and I know we kind of do this every winter, but Vladdy's looking thin. Vladdy's looking like he's in the best shape of his life. So, um, you know, maybe it's a little bit of the last year and the way the struggles kind of went and the way the team played was humbling for these guys and reminded them how hard it is to win at the major league level. So, yeah, we'll see. Maybe the underdog mentality works. Uh, quickly, Coombsy, before we wrap this thing up, let's talk about some other moves that have gone on around baseball. We can go back to a couple of weeks ago when the Dodgers signed Yoshinobu Yamamoto. Um, that was 
I don't want to say surprising because now when the Dodgers get someone, it's like, sure, but they have spent over a billion dollars this offseason. When you look at the total salary, they will eventually commit to uh, Shohei Otani and then also the $325 million given to Yamamoto. Apparently, the Yankees had a bigger offer or an offer that was at least close, but he wanted to go to the Dodgers. Not entirely surprising. The Dodgers continue their villain arc and are just straight up loading up. Yeah, I think I've accepted the Dodgers being what they are now, and this is fine because they're in the National League, so it's not that big of a problem. Uh, me and Brett were talking about this before the show, and he's certain that the Dodgers are going to lose in the um, NLDS to the Colorado Rockies this year. So this is kind of what we're seeing. For the Blue Jays, the Dodgers aren't really a threat. They're not going to reach the World Series. They're not going to get past the DS. Uh, that's that's kind of just the way it is. So I'm ultimately happy that Yamamoto didn't sign with the uh, didn't sign with the Yankees. I was nervous they were going to add Soto and Yamamoto, the player that we literally sat here and were like, if the Jays miss out on Otani, we'll just go and sign these two guys or get these two guys and whatever we can because why not? And then for the Yankees to wind up with both of those two would be so monumentally embarrassing that I'm very glad it didn't happen. So I think that's probably one of the bigger wins of the offseason is the fact that the Yankees didn't land both those two guys. They only landed one. That's a that's a 2023-24 Blue Jays thumbs up. Uh, speaking of former Blue Jays, Lourdes Gurriel Jr. has a new deal with the Arizona Diamondbacks, so he'll stay put in the desert. It's a three-year, $42 million contract for Gurriel as we sit and look at pieces like uh, Teoscar Hernandez, Jorge Soler might be a little bit more expensive, but that gives us probably an idea of the price range the Jays are dealing in here, right? Yeah, I don't think that 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 these kinds of players are going to be commanding huge multi-year contracts. It'll probably be something under that because you have to think that Grill had a really good season there in Arizona, about as good of a first season as you could possibly imagine. Made it to the All-Star game, uh, played a key role in their run to the World Series, had some clutch hits. And of course, after a team goes in a World Series run, they're usually pretty excited to hand out some cash and re-sign some guys. So I think that Gurriel contract is probably richer than what we're going to see for a guy like J.D. Martinez, Teoscar, Reese Hoffskins, of course, coming off the injury. Jock Peterson's more of a platoon guy, so a bit different. Um, though that is a nice contract for Gurriel. That's a, that's, a, that's a good result. It's interesting to think, like I remember when that trade happened last winter, we, a lot of us were talking about Gurriel just being like a throw-in that they had to put in there to like offset some money, and it was really just Varsho and Moreno, but Gurriel wound up having a really good year in Arizona and good for him. That's, that's, that's nice to see. He was a, he was a, he was a very likable blue Jay. And finally staying in the American league East, the Boston Red Sox switched up their pitching rotation a little bit here. They signed Lucas Giolito to a two year, $38.5 million contract um, has a player option for 2025. And then they went and flipped Chris sale. I know they had to keep some money there and they got Vaughn Grisham back from the Atlanta Braves. So they're giving up on the whole Chris sale thing, a guy that, I mean, he's barely been healthy over the last 24 months or whatever. Um, so not entirely surprising. I guess the surprising part is actually whatever the hell the Atlanta Braves and Alex Anthopoulos are doing. Like they keep bringing on these guys who have terrible contracts. Like they took Matt Carpenter from the Padres and they're doing all these other kind of wacky things. I don't know what the vision is in Atlanta, but I'm intrigued to see how it plays out. Yeah, it's it's so different to talk about things like this now because you just don't know what coach or approach or strategy a team has in their high performance department that's going to mesh perfectly with Chris Sale. And if he's just healthy and they can teach him this little arm slot technique and he's throwing slightly different, then it's all going to be perfect. 
And I think we've learned to this point that <laughs> Alex Anthopoulos is doing something like this. He's probably right. He's probably got something up his sleeve. The Braves have been incredibly well managed over the past few years. So it, it will be interesting to see because at a glance, these trades, you, you see on Twitter that uh, trade transaction machine with the scores comes out, they're like, oh, Chris Sale's worth negative 50 and Vaughn Grisham's worth plus 7,000. And those things always come up and make these deals. All these deals that I have pulled off for the Braves this offseason look absolutely weird. But I'm knowing AA, they're probably going to work out. So that'll be an interesting thing to see next year. And until then, uh, we'll also just be holding our breath and waiting on waiting to see what the Toronto Blue Jays get up to. Not a lot of optimism right now. As I scroll Twitter through the end of our show, a lot of people not happy with some of these Atkins quotes that are coming out. And I, I that, um, it's going to be really interesting to watch and see if any hype for this team builds up leading into spring training. Uh, as news breaks, of course, we'll drop some more podcasts here throughout the winter as well. I would imagine we're getting something in the next couple of weeks here. I can't imagine they sit on their hands until what mid February and it's pitchers and catchers reporting. Like at some point, the free agent market's got to pick up here. Like I know Bellinger's kind of one of Bellinger and Chapman are both the big dominoes. And that's probably why guys like Solaire Hoskins and Hernandez are waiting. So I don't know, Coombsy, when do you think we'll be talking next? When do you think we get a move? Oh, I have no idea what to expect, but I'm going to try and positively manifest and say that we get something by mid January. By the time January 15th rolls around, either Chapman or Bellinger has signed a contract and things start to move. We've been talking about this like all winter. Once Otani signs, things are going to happen. Once this happens and then nothing happens. It's like, man, we, we need a free agent frenzy day in MLB so badly. Yeah, I don't know how they do that. Like, I, I've heard some people say, like, oh, you need to put in like some sort of incentive for players to sign before January 1st, like before the new year, or you need to put in some incentive for teams to get contracts done. But I just, I don't think there's like a realistic approach to, to making that work for everybody. But it would be nice if it was just like a one week thing at the winter meetings. You got to have all your stuff done and like your roster finalized. That'd be fun. Don't think we're getting it. Uh, Coomzy, that's a wrap on episode 193 brought to you by Botano.ca. The game starts now at Botano 19 plus. Please play responsibly. I'm going to hold you to it. I'll talk to you again before January 15th. Best wishes. Thanks for tuning in to Blue Jays Nation Radio. Don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.